0: Thanks for tuning in. Before listening to this episode, I wanna simply warn you that this one, it's a tough one. When Leanna reached out to me and said that she had a story, I had no idea how moving her story would be. We're going to chat about some tough issues. Please understand that there's been no editing with this recording. The emotion that you're going to hear and the emotion that you're going to feel, it's very, very real. Leanna is an amazing young lady. Her story is one of courage and resiliency. I decided to bump up the release of this episode because her story needs to be heard. Someone out there needs to hear this story of survival. As she and I chatted, a quote from Rory Vaden kept coming to mind. Check this quote out. You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Every bit of your pain that you have been through was about preparing you to become the person that you someday needed to be to serve someone else. Leanna serves daily. Despite her circumstances, she keeps showing up for her daughter and for all of her little ones that she serves daily at Tomage Elementary School. Leanna's story is an amazing one. It's a moving one. Adam, we dedicate this to you and your memory. I know that you are one proud husband And you are one proud father. Welcome to season three of Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast about the amazing educators, students, alumni, and citizens of beautiful Taumage, Ohio. This season is going to be the best season yet as we sit down with people who have incredible stories to share and who are having an impact on our kids, in our community, and in our world. Be sure to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and give the podcast a rating. This is how we get the message out about our amazing schools and community. Now, crank up the volume, grab some coffee, kick up your feet, and get ready to be wowed as Season 3 begins. Welcome back to another edition of Between Two Blue Devils. It is my pleasure to be back in Talmadge Elementary School again. And tonight I get to sit down with a school counselor who has been here for a few years. I'm going to let her share your story. But I'm super excited because I do not know this young lady. And that's one of the things I love about this podcast is getting to know people in Talmadge City Schools that have incredible stories and I just get to be wowed by them. So, Leanna Dauberman, thank you for joining me tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Leanna, you have been. uh, I I just gonna give you an opportunity. Tell me, how long have you been in Talmadge? You know, what do you do, uh, and where are you from?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm a school counselor. I am wrapping up my fourth year um, here at Talmadge. Um, This is my eighth year in education. Okay. Um, So I started actually in Northwest Ohio. Um, I went to grad school at Bowling Green. Uh, So I got my first school counseling job. actually at Otsego, which is the district between Bowling Green and Perrysburg, all the farmland there. (laughs) Um, so that's where I started. Um, but I am originally from here, from Northeast Ohio. I grew up in Bath. Okay. Um, I went to Revere. Okay. I graduated, um, in 2008. Uh, and then I went to the University of Akron for my bachelor's degree. And then I ended up in Northwest Ohio for my master's. So. Really?
0: What I mean, what took you to Northwest Ohio? Uh,
1: you know, it's where I applied to. I think four or five programs in Ohio for my master's, um, and I ended up going there because I got um, everything paid for and oh, I really? entered. Nice. Uh, so I, I, I just a you know good situation. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I was like, that's where I'm going. So that's how I ended up there.
0: So you said you. So we'll begin in high school. You graduated from Revere. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to graduate? Or no, Ali Eads?
1: Yes, Ali was a year or two behind me. Okay, um, we actually swam on the swim team together. Okay, um, and after I graduated, I my first year of college, I actually went to Baldwin Wallace, um, and I actually swam there for my first year. Okay, and then I transferred to Akron. So her senior year. Um, I actually was assistant coach for <laughs> the swim team at Revere, so oh, she was very still good. swimming.
0: So very, very good. Yeah. yeah, she's she's been a guest on the podcast, okay. and uh, okay. and I, I golf with her every once in a while yeah. as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Then and so then you went to Akron for your undergrad. What was your undergrad in?
1: Um, psychology.
0: Psychology. Mm-hmm. Very. And, and so you're studying psychology. When did you decide that you wanted to venture out into the world of education?
1: So I actually always wanted to be a teacher Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, I mean, in my playroom, I had this giant chalkboard and I had um, those uh, transparency sheets, you know, the overhead <laughs> uh, markers and everything. Um, I always wanted an overhead projector, but, you know, that was an expensive thing back then. <laughs> um, but I always wanted to be a teacher. But once I started college, I um, found that I really liked my psychology classes, so I ended up, like, exploring that more, and then I thought that school counseling was just a good mix, Mm -hmm. um, between the two, so it kind of brought those worlds together. What did
0: you like so much about psychology?
1: Uh, you know, just the interesting, you know, I guess I enjoy understanding Mm -hmm. (laughs) the behavior and and things like that that go behind, you know, our actions and those types of things, Mm -hmm. um, And I guess the idea of like being a counselor, um, especially a school counselor, like I'm not doing therapy Mm -hmm. with students. I'm not, you know, delving deep into these issues, but at the same time, I kind of, again, I get to do like a mix of those where like, I'm sort of teaching, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm teaching those like, um, social skills and soft skills and things that we need, um, our kids to learn. Right. Um, but also, you know, having that ability to do some of the psychology aspect of things where I can just be a safe person for kids to come to and um, share with mm-hmm. and be validating and all of that good stuff. So. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. I yeah. actually teach psychology. Okay, yeah. And so I, uh, I love that class. I, you know, at the beginning of every semester when I talk to my kids, I'm always like, I, I really think this should be a required class mm-hmm. because understanding behavior takes you... To so many different places you know Mm -hmm. understanding your own behavior understanding how you know the person at mcdonald's who's paying for their their happy meal why they're behaving the way that they do you know the number of kids who come in and after the class and after talking about different theories and perspectives and the founding fathers and mothers they're just like hey you know what we're seeing this kind of live in action and we're we're understanding and not quite responding the way that we used to Mm -hmm. um do you have a favorite like psychologist that you enjoyed when you were when you were studying
1: um You know, in school counseling, we do explore like all of those, you know, philosophies and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I don't know that I would say I have necessarily a favorite. um, But honestly, I just, you know, you think of like Carl Rogers and Mm -hmm. unconditional positive regard. And that's just what I try to do every day. (laughs) You know, like, I'm going to love you for who you are, no matter what (laughs) your actions are, what you do, you know, Um, I would say that's what, you know, stands out to me most okay.
0: but we just we just did a, a little bit on albert bandura's bobo doll today okay because we're talking about classical mm-hmm. and operational conditioning yeah. and then uh you know uh, beha- you know uh, observational behavior and uh and just talking about how interesting that subject was and how you know the bobo doll I, so they're begging me to bring a bobo doll in. i'm like <laughs> oh, I, boy. i'm not sure that'd be a good idea <laughs> but uh yeah psychology psychology's fun mm-hmm. it really is and it's it's just a great insight into how to become the best versions of ourself for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you decide to become a school counselor and you head off to Northwest Ohio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what did you think of your experience out there?
1: So I actually, I, I loved it out there. Um, the only thing I didn't love was being so far, mm-hmm. <laughs> air quotes, two hours away from my family. That was far for me. Sure. Um, I did a lot of driving back and forth. Um, so two hours just became a normal <laughs> commute. Get very accustomed um, to the turnpike. Right. Yes, very much so. But um, I, I did like it out there. I right. did. I ended up, I did my internship at Otsego actually, um, my last year of my master's program. And um, the counselor there at the time wasn't planning to retire, but things just happened and she ended up retiring and then I ended up getting my first position there. Um, Hmm. and I, I, I did love my job there. Um, it was pretty new. They had only had an elementary counselor for a few years Mm -hmm. before I started. Um, and so it was very much like I was able to really advocate and like define the role and say like, yeah, (laughs) here's what this really could be and, and needs to be. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. I was very sad to leave, but I was happy to Back home too. So
0: <laughs> was it one of those buildings? I know in Northwest Ohio, um, most of, a lot of your rural school systems have elementary, middle school, and high school all in one building. Was so it so?
1: We were not in one building. We actually, the year before I started, the year before I did my internship, they had three elementaries, kind of like we do here, and they came into one K to five building. Um, but then the high school and junior high were combined. Um, and then we were all on one campus, okay. which was nice.
0: You ever heard of West Unity? Mm, I have not. So that would be probably, how far outside of Bowling Green is? Uh,
1: Literally just south. They're uh, bordering.
0: Okay, so yeah. that it would be probably another, close to another hour west. Okay. I mean, it's right on the border. Um, that's where my wife is from. Okay. So I would, I drive used to drive that sure. strip, the Turnpike, all the way out there, 15 minutes from Michigan, 15 minutes from Indiana. I mean, yeah. it was up there in the corner. But it's an interesting part of the uh, the state for sure.
1: All flat. Our elementary school was surrounded on four sides or three sides by cornfields. Yeah, (laughs) the front, you know, was the elementary was behind the junior high and high school building. So then that was in front of our school, and then there was a street, and then there was more farmland so (laughs) you
0: get a lot of days off for the snow days for the the fair days and the fog days
1: the fog days (laughs) were huge or or two hour delays very often yes Uh, yes
0: it's good stuff so you're out there bowling grain and then you (laughs) take this job there and you were there for a couple years i was
1: there for three years three years
0: and then you make your way back here to northeast ohio
1: yeah so um my so so my husband who actually passed away in September of 2020 um but I actually I met him in high school he was a friend of a friend um and we had dated for a little bit like the summer of 2010 um and then like went our separate ways and um we had reconnected in early 2016 Um, and that's what brought me back here. (laughs) Um, it just makes sense for me to come back here because both of our families were here. Mm -hmm. Um... And so that's how I ended up back here. Okay. I didn't get the job here right away. I didn't find a school counseling job for a year. Um, I actually ended up at Akron Public okay. um, for a year. I was working as an academic advocate for Project Rise, which is their department that works with their homeless students. Oh, wow. Um, so we were connecting homeless students to resources, helping them you know, get to school, shelter, mm-hmm. food, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the following year, I got my job here.
0: All right. And you've been here for how long
1: then? So this is my fourth your year. Your fourth
0: year here. Yes. Very yeah. good. And what have you thought of your experience here in Talmadge City Schools?
1: It's been great. I I love it. I yeah. mean, I am I was very attached <laughs> to Otsego um, mm-hmm. and the kids there. And I feel like just with this role, you know, you get attached to the kids and you want to be the consistent person, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially like you know, in our building K to five, it was at Sego was also a K to five building that, you know, you, you meet the kids when they're in kindergarten and mm-hmm. you're literally there for the next six years, you know? Mm-hmm. So that relationship, like, yeah, teachers build excellent relationships, but imagine if you had the same kids for six years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really, really, I feel I can really make a difference Absolutely. with them. So
0: you know, we were talking the other day, um, uh, talking with a colleague and. They have actually it's another guest that'll be I'll be mm-hmm. dropping their episode here very soon, and they talked about how they were a permanent sub or a, a sub in the district when they first graduated, mm-hmm. and they subbed in the elementary buildings. I'm like man, I knew right away I was meant for high school, and we both had this con because I did the same thing. Yeah. We're like man, anybody working at Talmage Elementary, it's like instant sainthood because <laughs> those kids are they're so energetic and it's so busy, and you got to definitely be on your A game. When, sure. you, when you're working with them. On a, on a daily basis, how many how many kids might you see?
1: Oh, uh, anywhere from 5 to, I mean, it could be 25 to 30. And that doesn't mean, like, you know, 30 kids in here for 20-minute sessions or anything like that. But, well, I mean, more than 30. I mean, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, lunchtime is a great time to go out there and just check in with kids and ask how they're doing and, you know, so, um, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And every day is different because you never know what's going to come up. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I always have a schedule. I like to have a plan, but Mm -hmm. 80% to 90% of the time it does not go as planned.
0: Yeah. Like it's the same way in the classroom.
1: Right. Right.
0: So when you, um, let me just ask you this about the kids. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing since covid Are you noticing things are a little bit different than they had been?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say in the past few years, things have been more difficult, Um, you know, and I think it's just everything going on in our world, Mm -hmm. like it's affecting all of us, you know, I mean, it's as us as adults, like I can't imagine being five, six, seven, you know, not really understanding what's happening, Mm -hmm. but you know. Like, I just think, you know, when COVID happened, um, you know, my husband was sick. And so we, like, we shut down. Like, we didn't go anywhere. Our parents were dropping off food, like, because we didn't know what was happening, you know. Mm -hmm. And our daughter was four months old, (laughs) you know. And so for the first, like, year of her life, we didn't go anywhere. You know, and I can't imagine a child who sort of understands, you know, all of a sudden, like, everything is different. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing things like we used to, you know, almost like that fear aspect of like, if I leave the house, am I going to be okay? Right. (laughs) Right. What's happening? So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we, I feel like, you know, our students' social skills are, are lower, you know, than I would say typically. Mm. Um, You know, like our like, I think of our third graders, you know, they were in first grade when everything shut down. Hmm. And I feel like they're, it's almost like their social skills are kind of still right there where they left off, hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and so now you have this group of kids who's, you know.
0: Wow. Well, it's, you know, you see that at the high school as well. Sure. You know. It, it, you kind of, you look back two years and you're, you you don't see a lot of growth mm-hmm. uh, socially, academically, you know, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it is a struggle. It's heartbreaking, you yeah. know. And, you know, I, I get this sense from you. I mean, it is clearly evident that you have empathy and compassion for these kids. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Why are you as empathetic as you are? Is there, is there a person of influence in your life or?
1: Um, I don't know, I guess... I don't know that I've ever thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's, you know, directly any one person per se, but, like, I think maybe just a culmination of all my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, I had three younger brothers, so I was the only girl. I was the older sister. I've always been, like, the the one, specifically, the two youngest brothers are twins, um, the one that they, co- you know, go to. Yeah. So I, you know, kind of felt like I was always that... <laughs> other mom, you know, (laughs) um, they're eight years younger than me. So,
0: um,
1: so maybe a combination of that plus just who I am, plus everything I went through with my husband, I feel like has made a huge impact on, I guess, how I view life in general. (laughs) Um, and the things that, you know, the kids are going through. Hmm. Um, so I think it's probably just a combination of who I am plus the experiences I've had.
0: Can I ask you about these experiences? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: I, you know, you've mentioned your husband a couple times mm-hmm. and I, I apologize for not, not being aware. Um, no, that's okay. and I, I, you know, why don't you take, can you share your story with us?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I would love to. And I, you know, sometimes people are afraid <laughs> to ask or to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, life is, is difficult and we all go through things. Hmm. Um, and before I guess get into the story, like sometimes I feel like people have, you know, not necessarily the kids cause I don't directly share that with them unless sure. they ask. Right. Um, like I have one picture in my office of, <laughs> of all of us and kids are always like, why is he in a wheelchair? And, hmm. um, sometimes kids will say like, is he still in a wheelchair? And then I say, well, unfortunately he's not because he you know passed away and sure. it's interesting that the levels that we connect on with that but anyways right. wow. um you know I feel like sometimes adults even have been like well I didn't come to you with this problem because you're going through so much and it doesn't even compare to your problem I'm like we don't compare problems like I can't wow. say like my problem is worse than yours you know yeah. Um, we all go through things and, and life is difficult. And just because mine seems worse than yours doesn't mean that yours isn't valid or important or hard, you know? Um, but yeah, so Adam, like I mentioned, we knew each other since high school, knew of each other. Um, but we briefly kind of dated in um, the summer of 2010, but then, Went our separate ways. I went to college. He was, you know, working and <laughs> doing his own thing. So um, when we reconnected, I actually, it was through social media. Um, I was actually looking for a message from somebody on a school counselor page that was sending me a resource. And, you know, on Facebook, there's like a, I didn't know this, but at the time, but there's like a message request folder. Okay. So I like dug into this and there was this message from Adam from like two years prior. <laughs> okay. And I was like, well, I'm a little late, but I'm good. How are you? You know? And then since then we just didn't stop, you know, talking. So right. that was in like 2016. Um, we ended up getting married Um, the summer of 2017, and then it was like late, it was like late 2018, so Adam um, had played soccer um, his whole life through high school and all of that, and then he continued, um, I'm 31 now, Uh, he was about six months older than me, Um, so he was still playing on all these rec leagues, so he was playing soccer at 30 years old you know, like five times a week. (laughs) And all of a sudden, late, late 2018, he was having this knee pain. Um, and he was like, maybe it's just from all the soccer. Like, maybe I need to, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. tone it down a little bit. And so he had gone to the doctor and they ended up sending him to physical therapy and, um, nothing was getting any better. Um, and then in early 2019, he's on the other leg, his toes were like going numb. It was just very odd. Um, And the physical therapist was like, I have no idea. So we, like, went back to the doctor, and they were, like, running all these tests. And they could never, like, nothing ever came from any of them. Um, And, of course, there were some tests that the doctors wanted to do. But, like, they couldn't do it because insurance said, well, you need to do therapy or whatever Mm -hmm. first, you know. So we had to exhaust all those options first. Um, Well, then we found out that we were pregnant in, like, February of 2019. Um, So that was exciting. And he was all he wanted was to be a dad. (laughs) Uh, so anyways, the, you know, he keeps doing physical therapy. It's getting worse. Like it's harder for him to move his right leg and stuff. Um, the numbness is getting worse in the left leg. Um, by summer, by like June, uh, so I'm like five months pregnant by like June, he has to, he can't walk without a cane and he's not able to drive anymore because he can't really use his right Hmm. leg. And so, you know, still tons of doctor's appointments, trying to figure out what's going on. Nobody can figure it out. They tested for MS. They did all this stuff. Um, well, then um, in October, early October of 2019, our daughter was actually her due date was Halloween. <laughs> okay. So early October, um, I mean, as you can imagine, all of this stuff was incredibly difficult. Oh, like yeah. I'm yeah. at this point, nine months pregnant, I'm yeah. fully taking care of him. Yeah. Um, by like September of that year, he was fully restricted to the wheelchair. He couldn't walk at all anymore. Um, and the numbness and the loss of feeling was like getting higher. Wow. Um, so, so, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, well, you you're,
0: you're, I, almost ready to give birth yeah like
1: i keep telling him like you should i shouldn't be putting your shoes on like you should be putting my shoes on you know but no i i would not take back any time that I you know helped him obviously but um in october we finally found a doctor that was willing to um like so in he had so many mris done and finally in like september an mri showed something in his spinal cord but they didn't know what it was. It was like in the spinal cord itself. Well, we finally found a doctor that, at the Cleveland Clinic that was willing to do a biopsy. Hmm. And the reason that the other doctor wouldn't do it is because everything in the spinal cord is so important. Like it's not like there's right. <laughs> extra stuff in there that you can just take out right. and see what it is. Um, like if you found a tumor or something somewhere else, like yeah. you know, biopsy it and see what it is. Um, so anyways, this doctor was like, I'm, I'm good with doing that. If you guys are good with doing, and we're like, there's no reason not to, because he can't walk already. Right. You know, the, the risk was that something could happen and he wouldn't be able to walk again. And we're like, well, he already can't. So mm-hmm. we need to figure out what's going on. So it was mid October. He had this surgery. They took a biopsy of the spinal cord. Turns out it was, it was a canc- it was cancer. Um, it was a. G. I don't know if I'm gonna say it. Glioblastoma, um, which is typically a brain cancer. Yeah,
0: glial. The, yes. Glioblastoma.
1: cells. And yeah. Ninety-five percent um, of the time, it's in the brain, but it was in his spinal cord. Really. So it was blocking all of those signals, which is why he couldn't feel or okay. move. Yeah. His his legs. So, um, so he had this surgery. It was like two weeks before our daughter was born when he got the diagnosis. So, he had to go to a rehab facility to, like, relearn because they cut his spinal cord open. So, wow. like, he had to strengthen his upper body. Sure. Um, because that's how he was, you know, he was transferring from his wheelchair, like, to the bed or to the, you know, toilet or whatnot. So, he had to, like, rebuild mm-hmm. all of that. So, he went to a rehab facility for a week. And then, they luckily, they were able to schedule me to be induced okay. right when he got out of the rehab facility. So then we had Peyton,
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um,
1: who's our daughter. So now wow. I have this newborn, and then Adam can't really take care of himself much. Right. Um, luckily, he still had function at that time in his arms and everything. You know, um, He just couldn't walk. But, um, yeah, so right after we had her, he started treatment. I was taking him to the Cleveland Clinic for radiation, for chemo, He was taking the chemo at home, but, um, and I was, luckily I was on maternity leave, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I could do that. Um, we had great help from our parents and watching Peyton and all of that. Um, uh, you know, so it it was a lot, (laughs) um, turn, you know, we went through maybe two to three months of treatment and he just decided like, I can't, his body did not take the chemo well. He was so sick. Um, and he was like, there's gotta be something better than this. Like, and the the timeline, the doctors gave him, they said, you'll be, you'll be lucky to see Peyton go to kindergarten. And he was so, he was so optimistic and like, no, like I'm going to get through this. Like, I'm not going to accept that. You know, um, the chemo was very difficult. Hmm. As I said, it made him so sick. Um, and so while I'm, I'm on maternity leave, so <laughs> Adam was actually a police officer. And then he, when we got married, he was a police officer and he had a fantastic paying job, but he wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So he decided he was going to look for something else. He ended up getting his real estate license um, in like 2017 and he started doing real estate and he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So he, he took a full-time job as a police officer at Suma Hospital. Um, that was better in terms of working conditions and all of that than where he was, um, while he could build up his real estate. And at this time, of course he wasn't working as a police officer anymore because he couldn't walk. Um, but he was still kind of doing some real estate and I was helping him. And we decided while he's doing treatment, while we have this newborn, while I'm on maternity leave, I was like, well, what if I just get my real estate license too? And then I could... I could do, like, the showing of the houses. You can do everything else from home. He could Uh do the paperwork. He could take phone calls. Like, all I'd have to do is the physical, you know, showing of the houses. So, we did that. So, over maternity leave, I was... Wow. (laughs) I got my real estate license, um, (laughs) taking care of him, taking care of Peyton. Uh, And so, he... But he was still able to do something that he enjoyed. So, he still had that purpose. Um, But the other part that came out of all of that was that... um, Like I said, he could not take the treatment, and so we started doing all this research and um, learned of so many people who had healed through natural Mm
0: -hmm.
1: things, Um, and so we got really big into... um, like, we changed our diet to a whole foods, plant-based diet. We eliminated processed stuff. Like, he was drinking smoothies. And mm-hmm. I was... <laughs> it's funny. He would always say, like, what's Leanna going to make me eat today? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's all kinds of good stuff that, you know, we were adding to the smoothies and yeah. stuff that's supposed yeah. to be healing. And, you yeah. know, um, and, you know, though it didn't heal the cancer... You know, once he got that chemo out of his system, like, he felt so much better, Mm -hmm. and he was so much happier. More Um, himself, yeah. Yeah, more himself, and he was like, even if this, you know, they said with treatment, he would have, you know, those five years for kindergarten, you know, for Peyton to get to kindergarten. Um, Without it, they were like, we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's like, even if this doesn't give me as much time, like, I don't, I'd rather spend a year happy and feeling like me than five years laying in bed Mm -hmm. and not able to do anything, you know? Um, and so that's, that's what we did and we stuck to it and we really did think that, you know, things were going in a positive direction, but it's also the, so there's not, there's not stages of the cancer he had. There's like grades. So it was a grade three out of four. So it was very aggressive. Mm Um, and, uh, so, you know, again, while that didn't heal, he was happy and he felt better. And that, that was the goal. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, that's, um, you know, that was late 2019 into 2020. So my maternity, I took a little bit of extra time for my leave to make sure he could finish treatments and stuff like that. I ended up coming back like, to, to school like a week before the shutdown with COVID. So I came back to work for a week and then I ended up back (laughs) at home. Um, and honestly, I mean, as much as I'm not, you know, thankful for COVID, but like it gave me the opportunity to be home with them. Um, and so that was a blessing, Yeah, you know? Um, and then, you know, he was kind of hung in there. We had a pretty good summer and then, August hit and it got rough. There were definitely some rough patches. And then September, well, so then August, I was coming back to school um, for the next school year, even though we didn't know what that would look like with mm-hmm. COVID and everything. Um, Talmadge gave me the fantastic opportunity to work with the online students. Okay. Um, so last year I spent all school year working with our online kids, but that, again, gave me the opportunity to still be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, made him feel safer. Um, since we still didn't know, you know, COVID stuff and obviously he didn't have an immune system and, you know, um, but I remember like, I mean, obviously anybody would, I remember the day that, (laughs) that everything happened, like it was yesterday. Um, it was a Monday morning and, you know, I was getting ready to do all my checks on the kids and their progress. It was maybe three to four weeks into school and I remember he was just like, I just do not feel well at all, you know, and my mom was there with Peyton during the days, with Peyton and him while I was working, Um, and I remember him asking me that one morning, like, will you just come help me do my transfer in the bathroom because I just don't feel well. I was like, yeah, and I was literally sitting on the bathroom floor with my computer, like, doing checks on the students, you know, um, when everything just kind of took a turn for the worst, and so, um, honestly, I feel like, I I don't know. I feel like that whole experience, I mean, obviously, it's, like, the most difficult thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Um, try not to get upset. Uh, but, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it helps me relate to maybe mm. the kids better. It helps with those hardships. Like, like I said, it, it helps some students. Like, it helps me connect with them on a level that, like, mm. I probably couldn't if I hadn't gone through this, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's the whole story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's, it's, it's a, what a story. Um, I have nothing but deep admiration for you and honestly, I'm, I'm deeply moved. I I really am. And, um, I I just want to know, I mean, how, how have you survived?
1: You know, I, in the last year and a half, um, since he passed, I have, honestly, I couldn't really tell you, like, the first, like, month or two is honestly just, like, I don't know what I did. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> but I'm here. Yeah. Um, I have met, I have met some people in, you know, similar situations um that have gone through a similar loss, and it's, there's no words. Mm-hmm. At all.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: I mean, you certainly don't get married at 27 to think. Right. You know, that you're going to call yourself a widow by the time you're 31. Right. Um, or to, you know, have to raise my daughter by myself. I'm not by myself. I have a great support system for right. her. But um, I don't know. <laughs> People, yeah. everybody around me. Yeah, I mean this community. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> so tell me about your daughter.
1: She is, <laughs> she is wonderful. Uh, her name is Peyton. Peyton. So she.
0: It's a beautiful name. <laughs> Thank you. What's the origin of her name?
1: Um, the or <laughs> the origin of her name is it was the one that Adam and I agreed upon.
0: <laughs> now were there arguments and? Uh, uh
1: you know. <laughs> It was quite the process to come up with a name. Uh, for for months, we had a list divided in half, hanging on the fridge. <laughs> it was like my half and his half, and none of them met, You know, none of them matched. Um, let, let me ask you this:
0: before you tell us how you figured this whole thing out, did you keep uh, the gender a surprise, or did you um, find out? Or...
1: We did find out. Okay. Um, we. My mom came with us. No, that's not true. She did not come with us. But when we went to the ultrasound appointment, uh, my mom actually works for my doctor, okay. my OB doctor. Yeah. So they gave her the envelope, and she had a cake made, and we All had a right. dog eaten to the cake. <laughs> uh, we we thought for sure it was going to be a boy because I have, I have three brothers. He has two brothers. Uh, there's not a girl in the family for, you know, years. So we were like, it's definitely a boy. Uh, and then... Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, but, I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, the name. So names. now we're back to the name. Yes. so how did you uh, so decide on So there that? were just two calls, and you know, working in a school is difficult because mm-hmm. you think about names and you're
0: like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> My wife and I had the same discussion as well for both yep. our children. Yeah. I had that kid and they were
1: named right. that and
0: I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know
1: about that <laughs> Let's one. Let's not yeah. bring
0: that memory up every time. You know? <laughs>
1: right. Um, but the, you know, we basically, it was like every week we were like, okay, we're just going to cross one off the other person's list that you're like, it's a definite no, you know? So we slowly like whittled it down and then, uh, Peyton was actually on his list. Um, and I was being a little bit stubborn and I was like, no, I really, I liked a lot of the L name I mean, my name starts with an L, but like I liked Lily and, um, Liliana, certain names like that. And uh, we came to a compromise that she could have my middle name. Okay. And so her middle name is Ashley, the same as mine. Wow. Um, but I, I did, you know, I agreed. I was like, I like Peyton. So P-A-Y-T-O-N. So um, that's, it, it took a while, but <laughs> but we made a decision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, I know it's one of those tough decisions. You know, yeah. you come up, you got to decide on a name together for right. sure.
1: Right. And
0: so she is how old?
1: She's two and a half two now. Two and a half. Um, and she, honestly, so when she was born, we were all like, it It was like, this is Adam. She only looks like Adam. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, when she was born, her, it's always been a joke that, so Adam, he was a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just under six feet tall, I believe he was, maybe 5'11". Um, but he was, you know, 250. Like, he, you know, you think of soccer players, a lot of times you think they're running a lot, so they're really thin. But he was pretty... He was pretty muscular, um, but he had quite the large head. His whole family has big heads. Um, and so when she was born, it, for the la- for the first two years, you know, then they do the checkups, they, like, measure their sure. head size. Yeah. Hers was always, you know, and they tell you the percentile. Hers was always greater than the 99th percentile. So I'm like, what does this mean? Like, this is the biggest head you've ever seen? <laughs> but she is fully, like... She really did look just like him. Now I see a lot more of myself in her too, um, but her personality is fully him, Yeah, which is wonderful.
0: (laughs) Right. That is amazing. That's awesome. So has she started youth soccer yet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) She has not. (laughs) We did some swimming lessons um, because I was was a swimmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, that's just a good skill to have in general, but um, we have not started any sports yet. Yeah. So...
0: That's incredible. Yeah. So you deal with so many kids throughout the day and you have these... Um, I, I know, and we don't have to go into this, but I know when you go home and you're sitting quiet, I know it can become painful. Mm. Um, what, are you, what do you do to take care of Leanna? I mean, I know you take care of your daughter, but what are What are your, some of your hobbies that you do to... to-
1: sure. So, you know, this is... It brings up, again, a little sensitive thing. I guess it's a sensitive thing for me just because, you know, dealing with the loss of Adam, Mm -hmm. I honestly, I mean, I, I, I had some not so great coping skills, you know, at first I was just in shock, Mm -hmm. right? So like the first few months, I, I don't even know, like I was just trying to lean on people and like, you know, but when there is such a great loss, so many people are like, oh my gosh, what can I, you know what I mean? So at first you're just like surrounded by Mm -hmm. all this help and all this great stuff, which is wonderful. But you know, after a few months, you're kind of, right. People aren't reaching out as much or, you know, um, which is natural. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, life goes on things, you know, and it was, it was hard to sit in the fact that like my house is still different, like my life didn't go on, <laughs> right? You know, sure. Um, like I'm still missing this piece. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely, you know, not that I, you know, I wasn't doing anything illegal right, <laughs> or right. coping skills or anything <laughs> right, like that, right. but like for me, um, you know, and and being <laughs> being a school counselor, like sometimes people are like, well you know you should have it figured out or right. you know but like we all need help sometimes we all, yeah. um, and you know for me i honestly like i i i turned to food like food was my coping mechanism mm-hmm. um and i really did kind of like separate myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: from people who are You know, not that I was pushing people away necessarily, but, like, I wasn't reaching out to people as much as I probably should have now looking back at it. (laughs) Um, But just recently, like, within the past couple months, I finally was, like, you know, people are always, like, well, you have to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, "That yes, that's true, but at what point does it become not grace anymore you Mm -hmm. know like in order to take care of paint and i have to take care of myself and i have to be okay yeah you know um so i actually i had joined um a group with a doctor um that uh is actually in california but we had discovered her when we were going through everything with adam Mm Mm-hmm. And she heals a lot of autoimmune diseases with um, nutrition. Okay. Um. But the other side of that is that she does. She's a psychologist too, and so she does a lot of the emotional work okay. too. Yeah. Um. And I got a lot. I, I joined this group. Um. I got a lot of good stuff from it. Hmm. Um. While I'm still trying to change those coping skills mm-hmm. and the things i focus on it really made me think about what am i doing to take care of myself you sure. know i was at a point where like peyton wasn't sleeping in her own bed anymore she was sleeping in my bed she stopped going to bed you know she wouldn't go to sleep unless i was there right um and so i literally had zero time to myself um and she made me realize like that's it's not okay like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta have time for yourself you know yeah. um and so that gave me the push to to get her back in her own bed and do what I needed to do for that. Luckily, Peyton is, is very smart. <laughs> and honestly, we were blessed that she was such an easy baby um, as I was trying to take care of everybody. But, um, you know, I got her back in her own bed and I had to figure out what do I do for myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so I did, like, goodness, I started taking hot baths. Like, I haven't taken a <laughs> bath since I was eight, but I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful, <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, I mean, we jump
0: in the shower real quick to get it over yeah, with, right? You know, so. Yeah,
1: so like, honestly, something simple is like sitting in a hot bath for 15 minutes yeah. in silence or with music, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I've i never been a big reader, but when I find something that I do like, then I can, you know, get into it sure. and enjoy it. Um, you know, so I, I tried to find some books um, to read. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm you know, I I love being outside, so walking mm-hmm. whenever um she loves to go on walks too, so whenever we can getting outside yeah. and going on walks and just honestly just being outside. Um, even mm. if it's yard work is my favorite. Yeah. I love to mow the grass <laughs> and I love to weedy. So um it's very therapeutic. For yes. Sure. Yes. So those are those are top choices. Um mm. so I'm happy that it's nice that I can do that again. Um but yeah it definitely forced me because I, I realized I wasn't doing sure anything right. helpful for myself so
0: well i I so very much appreciate your your willingness to share that you know I think a lot of times when somebody goes through a struggle um, they they don't I don't want to again go back to grace extending themselves mm-hmm. grace but they they feel like there are a lot of things they don't deserve sure and um and hearing that you're you're getting back to that spot. And I, I, you know, being a lover of psychology, and I talk to my psychology students all the time about, like, Hippocrates. Let, let food be your medicine and medicine mm-hmm. be your food. Yeah. And how important nutrition is. And then getting outside and enjoying nature. Um, how taking those moments to in solitude to just kind of decompress. Yeah. I mean, all of these things are so very much needed practices now. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. You cannot... Be the best version of yourself if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. And, um, you know, this, this story is amazing. Uh, you are amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm deeply, deeply moved. Um, what, what do you, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the, the allergies. Yeah. <laughs> the allergies. <laughs> Somebody listening to this needs to hear this. And I want to give you a moment just to speak to them. What advice might you have for someone who is just at the beginning of maybe the journey that you're that you're moving through?
1: Sure. Um, You know, something that that I really got from this whole this whole situation um, is just like living every day on purpose, Um, you know, because we don't we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know. It's going to happen in three months. You know, yeah. like I look back at at pictures, you know, of, of Adam with Peyton, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, in two months he was gone. <laughs> like, we didn't know that. We weren't yeah. expecting that. Um, you know, but he was also so optimistic and just like, I'm here today. What can I do today? You know, um, and it's, it's hard when you... When you're, you know, going through, cause days are hard too. You know, mm-hmm. not, not something of this magnitude obviously happens every day. But like, sometimes you're not in a good mood. Sometimes you don't get enough <clears throat> sleep. Sometimes you're just having a struggle for whatever. Somebody treats you badly. You know, whatever the reason might be. But like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not perfect, and I'm not great at it yet. But I'm trying to, you know, wake up every day and and tell me, you know, ask myself, what can I do. Today, that will one, put good into the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like what can I do to help somebody else today? But also, you know, what can I do for myself? That's going to get me closer to where I want to be. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes has always been, don't count the days, make the days count because we spend so much time like, oh, there's six days left of school, (laughs) you know, or we get to go on vacation in five months and, (laughs) <laughs> two days and two hours and you know um but like those days in between are going to pass anyways so what can we do to to get ourselves closer to what we want to be and where you know something that we want to do and what can we do purposely today to make that happen because hmm. um, those days are going to pass anyways so you know
0: wow <clears throat> i just turned 50 recently and i'm just now Grasping that wisdom that you're talking about, and uh, here you are, uh, so wise beyond your years. Um, fascinating, uh, just, just mind-boggling advice. I, I am thankful that you are here with our kids. Well, thank you. And you are incredibly courageous. Uh, the fact that you're here and you're showing up and you're doing what you're doing speaks volumes about your character. So uh, forgive me again. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's just uh, I see it from so many different perspectives now, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I say thank you uh, on behalf of Tommy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing your story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for sharing your story and um, being vulnerable, because I know this isn't easy. Uh, but I truly believe that this is a small step in healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that people's lives will be changed listening to this. And I also know, <laughs> I should have paused, but no, we're keeping it real. Peyton's going to hear it someday.
1: Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. I I do everything I can to make sure, you know, that she knows who her dad is. Um, and I want her to be just as wonderful as he was (laughs) you know um he he could make anybody laugh he could convince you of anything Mm. um he was goofy (laughs) he was silly so she uh you know but but (sighs) i mean they always say life is short (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it is you know um but like i said i do everything i can to Make sure she knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, <laughs> I have these cutouts of Adam that are like life sized, <laughs> so like we take pictures with him, Aww. and <laughs> uh, she knows exactly who he is. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I I don't want I don't want her to ever feel like, how come I don't have a dad? Mm-hmm. You know, like I've talked to kids here who who don't have their dads or mm-hmm. their moms or any parent. Um, you know, in their lives for numerous different reasons, you know, maybe they, you know, didn't, maybe they are still alive, but aren't involved for whatever reason or, you know, whatever the situation is. And, you know, I've heard things like, you know, they get upset because it's, you know, father's walk Mm -hmm. where dad's walk, you know what I mean? Them to school, but, but I don't have a dad. Like, I don't want her to ever have that feeling. Sure. Like, yeah, he's not here, but like. He was amazing mm-hmm. and he will always, you know, he will always be with you. Um, so I don't want there to be I want to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want I want to do that for her. Yeah. So
0: that is powerful. <laughs> it's very powerful. <sighs> it's, it's tough. It, it, it's it's well, um I you are incredibly courageous. <laughs> Let's let's end with this. What are your plans this summer?
1: You know, I'm going to continue. Peyton goes to a babysitter three days a week. Um, so as much as, you know, I know many teachers spend the whole summer with them, but uh, I'm going to continue to send her the babysitter three mm-hmm. days a week so that I can uh, do some things that I can't do with her, like mow the grass and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> um, but you know i I do hope to also do some things with her and have you know let her have experiences and um you know Adam loved going on the family vacation every year, so mm-hmm. we're going on a family vacation yeah. <laughs> uh we're going to the beach um <clears throat> and you know just hopefully take a break and reset my mind mm-hmm. and take more time for myself um and do some of those things to you know, take care of me. Yeah.
0: Sounds like a great plan.
1: Yeah.
0: Sounds like a great plan. And nobody, nobody will fault you for taking those three days. I'll yeah. tell you what, there were many times when my kids were two that I'm like, oh, I wish I could take, take a couple of days and, right. you know, but I mean, you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you really are. And, uh, I'm so thankful that we had this time to, to have this conversation. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah. Um, your story is powerful. It really is. Uh, You are one of the most courageous young women I've ever met. Your daughter has an incredible role model in her life, and she is in such good hands. And um, I know that Adam's looking down, and he's smiling.
1: Yep. um, Thanks (laughs) for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner, the teacher or on Twitter at THS, Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, Make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.